Napa know-how. Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolor paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 500,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Blog Talk Radio. again with Apostle John L. Solomon, the lion among lions in the lion's den. That's right. It's my purpose today to bring you strength on this July the 26th. My God, listen, Strength from the Lion's Den is a compelling talk show that discusses life's difficult situations through relevant topics, important issues, and empowerment from a biblical perspective. The Lion's Den will bring you the energy of encouragement, transcendent godly wisdom, the efficacy of knowledge and education, and primarily strength to the weary in life from the source of our connection with our Savior, Jesus Christ. For your prosperity, for your for your deliverance, my God, grow up for your business, grow up for your family, grow up for your ministry, and my God, by all means, grow today for your strength. My God, I'm excited to be here with you today once again, as I am every week. But tonight, we got a hot topic. We're talking about battle of the sexes. Why are we competing? I just, just answer that. Why are we competing with one another? See, uh, a woman would say, men are so strong, girl. But anything, I'm not going to talk like a woman. I'm just going to say it. Men are so strong, girl. But anything they can do, I can do better. Well, a man would say, bro, women are, have such good insight, but no woman can tell me what I should do. Now, both of those sound crazy, don't it? If a man is strong, wouldn't a woman want him to compliment her strength or to aid her in assisting her so that she don't break her back? I'm not saying women are weak, but if you got a strong, burly man, put him to work. And then, brothers, if you got a woman with good insight, intellect, intuition, 
why not allow her to share with you her data? Anyway, you know what they say, if we can't live with each other, they say, and we can't live without each other. Come on now. But why is there so much infighting, especially in ministry? You mean there's competition in church too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here, you stay with me because I'm about to uh, elaborate on the battle of the sexes. And let's look at that. Men against women, women against men in the workplace, in the church, in the home, in school. There's so much competition that we are pulling each other down instead of lifting each other up. Listen, uh, as we're advancing in this new millennium, we're 17 years into it. We can look back over the last 200 years and women have advanced in this society, especially after the Industrial Revolution. See, women all over the world, they're moving, they're shaking, they're doing things. You can go by country by country into, and you see these women are moving into positions of power, positions of businesses and uh, politics. They're doing their own thing and they're doing great and they're doing great at it. See, that progress that they're at is inevitable and it's unstoppable. Why? Because they're the mothers of uh, what? Civilization. Come on now. However, as we survey personal and professional relationships, it's clear that there's some sexual bad weather. That's right. Uh, when I say sexual, I mean the sexes. There's some sexual bad weather of clouds and storms and rains that are out there in the marketplace. See, an atmosphere of tension, atmosphere of suspicion, mutual recrimination, especially if it's between men and women. Women don't like men, men don't like women. And, and, and you know, I'm not talking about heterosexual. I'm talking I'm not talking about uh in the sense of uh a homosexuality or a lesbian lesbian things like that. I'm talking about a, a, a platonic a plutonic work atmosphere where you got men who are against women and women who are against men. What what's going on with that? What, what what's the prognosis for our future? I mean, and then how how did we get here? And you you know they say if, if we can't get a, if we can't get along, we might as well get it on. Oh my life, I had to fight. I had to fight my daddy. I had to fight my uncles. I had to fight my brothers. I see, girl, child ain't safe in a family man. But I ain't never thought I had to fight in my own house. I love Hoppo. God knows I do. But I kill him dead before I let him be. Well, I guess we ain't gonna be getting it on then. Ain't no ain't gonna be no fighting going on. But listen, we got to do something about this competition. See, there has been some progress in the marketplace in closing the uh the gender pay gap, the gender pay gap across the world. But the World Economic Forum estimates that there could still take at least a hundred and seventy years to eliminate the pay disparity between men and women worldwide. Can you imagine that? 170 years. I mean, come on now. A pay disparity that wide, 170 years? Something serious is going on here. Something serious is going on. But you got you got to look at it. You got to wonder why does this disparity, why does it still exist? We're, tw- we're in 2017. We're, we're in a, a new uh, century. What's going on? See, experts attribute it to a uh, number of factors. One of them is uh, women are more likely to be working in lower-paid job sectors. They tend to be less represented in senior roles. And 
oftentimes women work more part-time work. Mm. Ain't that something? You got men and women working side by side, tackling the same business problem, sitting through the same meetings, and walking through the same halls. But you know what? The, the, that's not. It's no common ground. That that may be the common ground. That that's all that they have in common, right there. Because women have a different experience in the workplace than what men have. The odds are far advanced uh, uh, advanced against women than they are uh, men in the corporations. You know. See, a new study explored whether the gap is also due to gender differences in attitudes. You know, to competition. Uh, you know, in the workplace, is it attitudes? Is it competition? And data shows that men win more promotions. They get more challenging assignments. They're uh, more access to top leaders than women do. Men are more likely than women to feel confident uh, as they're en route to an executive role. And they feel more strongly that their employer employer rewards are merit. Man, this is something. When you, when you look at that and you say, well, uh, men are better workers. No, you can't say that because there are women who work just as hard. You said, well, uh, men are smarter. No, you can't say that either because there are women who are magnum cum laude and uh, comma, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, the cum laude, they have all of them, magnum, comma. They have all of them because they're excelling in the educational system as well, getting doctor degrees and PhDs and come on. So you can't you can't say smarter as well. So when, what 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 could be the problem? Some say men men compete harder against women than they do against other men. So that's what you're saying. It's a it's a battle of the sexes. So you're saying men are the ones who are leading this charge. Men are the one who are finding that they want to keep uh, women down. Well, you know, you heard of something called the, uh, what'd you say? How they say it down south, the uh, good old, good old boys, the good old boys club. <laughs> you, you, you know what that is, the good old, the good old boys club, where it's uh, a select few can be a part of it. And a certain few cannot be a part of it. You know, you heard of that uh, good old boys club. That means, you know, we hang together. We look out for each other. Um, we discriminate against females uh, who we deal with, who we work with. And, you know, we don't let them in. And you say, well, that's just uh, Caucasian men. No, it's not Caucasian men. You can you can find it in African-American community as well, where the men, the men have uh, clumped together to uh, keep women out, you know how how did the little ra- the little rascals used to have the he man woman hated club? They have they didn't want no girls in their club, but Alfalfa kept sneaking out, messing. He kept sneaking out, messing with Darla. Uh, but spanking the boys, they kept telling. Uh, what, they, what did they what did they keep telling uh, Alfalfa and Darla? And what did they say to her? So, what would we 
we what do we have here? We have a battle of the sexes going on in the marketplace. And it's time for that to be eliminated. Because, you know, I have some friends who, who women who've been in corporate America. I don't have them on the show tonight, but I'm going to be vetting, I'm going to be getting them and bringing them on so that they can tell you some of the uh, discrimination, some of the prejudices that they faced as women, uh, sexual harassment, things of that nature that go on commonly in the workplace that women face, that women are up against. And those are things that need to be dealt with. So that our, our, our what mothers, sisters, aunts, you know, nieces, they can compete in the marketplace. There's also something going on. There's an intimidation factor among men, where if a woman, if a woman is strong, if a woman is outgoing, if she's uh, aggressive or assertive, she's normally labeled uh, the B word. And she's labeled in that category because, you know, women are supposed to be nice. They're supposed to be feminine. They're supposed to be soft. They're not supposed to be going after it like they're not supposed to be going after it like men. They're not they're masculine then being masculine. That that's a masculine trait. When you're you know, your leadership, your top dog, king of the hill, all those things are attributed to men. But you know, as the uh once the feminist movement came up in uh that commercial uh, what was the song? Uh, I don't I don't know exactly who the manufacturer were, but the song was said, I can bring home the bacon fried up in a pan and never, never, never let you forget you the, you the man because she's a woman. And and that, that was the basic of the song. And then Virginia Slims, not promoting tobacco, but they had to think you've come, their slogan was you've come a long way, baby. Those were marketing tools to promote the uh, feminist agenda. You know, because women were looked upon as secondary uh, citizens or even, you know, and even worse than that, still today in other countries. So, so what, so what, what, so what are we facing here in the marketplace? We got men competing against women, women competing against men, all trying to get a piece of the pie. In America, they're all trying to get a piece of the American dream, but guess what? We need them. Just like in the movie Hidden Figures, how he kept just kept trying to push the woman to the background. Uh-oh, spoiler alert. He kept trying to push her to the background until the man spoke and said, look, we need, we need all hands on deck. We need all hands on deck if we're going to make this happen. Listen, when we come back, I'm, I wonder, what about in the church? I'm sure there's no battle of the sexes in the church, right? Hey, we'll deal with that when I come right back after these words. Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with Win to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through sound bites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. Advertise on WIN, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 
1-800-242-0469. Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. Solomon, and you're tuned in to Strength from the Lion's Den. We're powered by We Inspire Network Radio. Win Radio, a partner with a good team of people at We Inspire Network, and we just want you to win. I want to thank everyone who's tuned in tonight. I want you to know you're the reason why we're here. Tonight, uh, I'm talking about the battle of the sexes. Why are we competing with one another? Mm. Men against women, women against men. It's on. I can see boy, I can see little boys and little girls competing, going at it. But when we become an adult, as much as we need each other, we're still at each other's throats. Why is that? Listen, let's talk about women in the church for a minute. Now, women were the last disciples at the cross and the first at his empty tomb, and they remained to be an integral part. And work of the church, especially early in its centuries. See, it's no surprise to me that women are active in the early church, not at all, because they're still very active today. They were there from the start of it, and they're still here today as a part of Jesus' uh, birth, his ministry, his death, his resurrection. They were significantly involved. Listen, in fact, women were the major witnesses of his crucifixion and his resurrection. Now, we know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they recorded the Gospels, but those women that followed Jesus in his ministry, they were they were right there at his execution. We know the disciples had, what, deuces jetted out. They were gone. But where were the women? Right there at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. Now, listen, there are two passages in the Bible that are very, very controversial that men are still using today to keep women down. Now, one is uh, in Corinthians 14. It said women are to keep silent in church. And if they want to learn anything, they need to ask their husbands at home. Now, First Timothy, it says pretty much the same thing. It said women are not to be teaching or exercise any authority over men. Hmm. Now, do you know they've taken those two passages and made them a staple in some churches and among some groups as dogmas? So your women, they good enough to cook your food and be willing workers and missionaries and walk the streets and beat the streets and, you know, pass out flyers and cook food and clean up the church, but they can't get in your pulpit. They can't teach. They're not supposed to do all that. See, this is a very, very important issue. And, I, and I'm just going to, well, see, these two passages, they cannot be read unless you put them in their historical context. That's the missing element right there. You're reading that as if he's talking to today's church. There are some passages in the Bible whereby he was speaking to those people in that day and in that time. If the if the if a, uh you see a scripture in the Bible that said thou thou shalt not wear thy sandals at night. We don't wear sandals anymore. We we don't really wear sandals. We got shoes. We got boots. So if a scripture is that uh precise like that, they're speaking to the people of that time. Now, if they say, don't walk with your sandals on in the desert at night. We don't live in a desert. So you got to look at how things are. Uh, uh, they're they're specific for that time, for that culture, and for that moment. Now, there are other things that foreshadow 
or that forecast into our present day. But a lot of but these particular uh, texts, you have to look in the historical passage and the historical context in which they are written. See, they were written against a Jewish background. And officially, in the eyes of the Jews, women held very, very low position, as we was talking about back uh, after the Industrial Revolution, where women began to take off. But however, uh, the women of the Jews in that time, they, they had a very low position. That's why so many of them wanted to have children. If they had children, that gave them some standing. That gave them a higher standing in their communities. So in the Jewish law, women were not considered a person. She was a thing, a possession, like property to be owned. She was uh, entirely at the disposal of her father and her husband. She was not allowed to learn the law. And, you know, this was like what, how, how the Bible said, casting uh, uh, pearls before swine. They did not teach women to read. And they took no part in the work of the synagogue. They would all have to sit in the balcony where they could not be seen. Women couldn't even teach in school. She didn't. She didn't. She didn't even teach the younger children. A woman had to. She was. She had also uh, to be. She was exempt from the demands of the law, and she did not attend the sacred feast as her husband and her father did. See, women, slaves, and children were all classified right there together. Uh, one man by the name of Barclay, his studies, it said in the Jewish morning prayer, a man thanks God that God had not made him a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. And, and a strict rabbi, he would never greet a woman on the street, even if she was his wife or daughter, especially if she was his concubine. I don't even mention that. <laughs> but but all, all in all, see, a woman's work was to take care of the house and not, not teach the children, but make sure the children got to the synagogue to attend. And she attend to the domestic concerns, and her husband was free to study in schools, and she kept house for him until he returned. You know, all this was done against a uh, uh, against Jewish background, and that's how the church was founded back then. When you look at that passage, you understand. Now, see th these passages; they also were written against a Greek background, and the the uh, women in the Greek religion they were held even in lower 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 esteem. If you were to look at it in a reality te reality text, see. A respectable Greek woman, she was she had a very sheltered life. She lived in close quarters. Uh, only her husband would enter, and, uh, and she didn't even come to meals. You know, she she never was on the street alone, and was never in any public gathering. So the Greek women, they had to be they were more sheltered. Of course, these are the more poor poor ones. You know, now if a Greek woman ever took an active part in speaking or teaching in one of the Christian uh, churches, uh, that church would have a reputation of being uh, a loose church full of immoral women. Most of the Greek women were held to uh, idolatry in prostitution. So that's where that, that's where that area lay. So you have to understand these uh, passages in their historical, in their historical uh, concept. And understand, you have to understand it in, in its historical con in context and that concept that uh, they're not talking about women of today. We live in America. We live in America, and our women are not second-class citizens. And the Bible is not saying to women to go sit down and be quiet 
And that's not what it's saying. If you look at Galatians 3, 28 and 29, before you get upset and dispute me, he said there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Can I tell you, we all are fighting against the devil. We all are fighting against the enemy. And you're talking about women shouldn't preach when the enemy will knock down anybody. You should, if a word would come through a donkey, through a baby, I'm willing to hear it because I want to know what God has saying. See, we have the Holy Ghost nowadays, and the Holy Ghost can use anybody who will who will willingly submit to him to speak a word. So all this women shouldn't do this, women shouldn't do that. We need them on the front lines, just like men in battle. We need our women in battle. We need them in prayer. We need them in fasting. We need them in the fight. We need their voices to be heard on high, lifted up like a trumpet. Now, in ministry, you got some women that have been beat down and, and laid down and laid out and sexed up and uh, and beat up and molested and hurt up to. They are bitter, angry women. Yeah, I know some. I do. I know some. They're so angry. And you can hear it in their message because all their messages, they bash men. And all their messages talk about what they ain't going to do and what they're not going to take and how strong they are and you're not going to do this to them. That Those are signs, not of unforgiveness, but just being beat down and being in a place of struggle for so long that you don't trust nobody but God. You're so suspicious of any man that comes in your life. And a lot of people have been mishandled and uh, marginalized by uh, preachers who were in their ego, preachers who were on their high horse, had no compassion, had no tenderness, no uh, nothing of that nature, because Jesus was a compassionate shepherd. He was a compassionate Lord. And we got men today. Now, I talked about the bitter women who are so uh, like they've been so beat up and beat down to their bitter, and they snap and they bite. But you got men who are so self-righteous. So self-righteous and so uh, legalistic and traditional and religious. And because of that, they feel like they are to dominate. We have to dominate women. Not only do they dominate women, they dominate, uh, say, those who are not in clergy, uh, as, they, as they call them, lay. They want to dominate the lay people and make them feel like they're nothing. You're nothing. As a woman, you're nothing. You're nothing as a woman. You're nothing as a uh, a parishioner. And I'm something because God called me. You self righteous Pharisee, that's what you are. You know, and that's what that's part of the problem right there that keeps the church in bondage. That's part of the problem that keeps us from uh, collectively coming together in local bodies. You got isms and schisms. Well, that's one of them. The attitudes of the of the men of God. Just like the Pharisees, how the sinner and the Pharisees, or the publican, as the Bible called it, and the Pharisees were down to pray. And the Pharisees began to pray and say, I thank you, Lord, that I'm not like these men. I thank you that uh, you know, I'm better than them, and I pay tithes, and I, I, I do this and I do that. And they said, the, the sinner, the publican, he just hit his chest and said, Lord, have mercy on me. He said, Lord, have mercy on me. You know, And he was more justified than the Pharisee. So... That's, that that needs to be hammered out right there. Our women are you so you're saying our women are equal? Yes, they are. Jesus said it. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. Now, there's always a first among equals. Now, come on, now, Camelot, 
King Arthur, there's always a first among equals. Uh, Adam, that is it's a natural order. In, in God created Adam, and from his rib, he, he created the woman, who was later called Eve. So let's understand natural order. But natural order doesn't mean because I'm the head, I, I treat you like you the tail, you know? Natural order does not mean because I'm at the top, I step on you and walk over you like you're at the bottom. Huh? There, there needs to be righteous leadership. There needs to be a strong leadership, but compassionate leadership and just leadership. I didn't say everything. It's not just always going to be fair, but there has to be justice. There has to be just. We have to uh, balance out the scales when it comes to it. Because now, and in the church. We have to remember that we need our women. We need them strong. We need them preaching. We need them fasting. We need them running just as hard and fast as we are because we're all working together. We're one body, and we need one another. I'm not fighting against my sisters. I'm not out here trying to beat them down and bash them and make them feel like they're less than. I don't care how emotional you can say a woman are. Well, if a woman is emotional, then what's the uh, what's what's that with men? What what about us? Are we too driven? Are we overdriven? Uh, do we overcompensate? Uh, are we too competitive with one another? Of course we are. That's that's where men become too competitive. If so, if you want to put the women in the emotional category and they can't do this and they can't do that, then we're both uh, stigmatizing and stereotyping one another. Let's let the Lord be. Let's let the Lord be God. Let's let Jesus be Christ and let him indwell all of us and let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost. And we lift up one another. Even as they said in the Bible, they had to change a requirement. They all came together and changed the requirement. They said, you know what? It seemed good unto us and the Holy Ghost. So you see, they changed something. It's like an amendment. They made an amendment for a different group that were coming in because they said they're not going to be under this stigma. We're not going to keep them out because of this right here. Now, the Bible said the the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those lawyers, he said, y'all don't have the uh, y'all don't have it. And you're keeping people out so that they can't get it. Let's not be like that, my friends. Listen, we're going to go to a break, and we're going to be right back. Talking about battle of the sexes. Why are we competing? Hello. My name is Minister Lloyd Bell, Jr., CEO of We Inspire Network Radio. God bless you, and I am Minister Annie Bell, the COO of We Inspire Network Radio. We had you, our listeners, in mind when we created We Inspire Network Radio, or as we like to call it, Win Radio. We incorporated your thoughts and opinions to ensure that our programming will embody true inspiration. And we will continue to bring relevant and heartfelt shows that cater to the needs and wants of our growing listener base. Please, subscribe to our network so that you can stay connected. Join us here every week where together, through God, we win. Strength from the Lions Den. We're powered by We Inspire Network Radio. Win Radio. 
My God, I'm excited about tonight, and uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. You are the reason why we're here. Tonight, we're talking about the battle of the sexes. Why are we competing? Now, I'm not taking any callers tonight. I just want to get this on out here, and maybe next week we can dive into it just a little bit more because I got a great show for you next week. But anyway, I, I, I just want you to have the truth, but you know what? Sometimes... People don't want me to get them to get, people don't want me to give them the truth. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. And guess what? I'm on the wall. I'm on the wall today. Listen, um, we talked about women in the workplace. Yes, we did. We talked about women in the church, the battle of the sexes. Well, women and men battle of the sexes in the workplace. Women and men, women and men, battle of the sexes in the church. What about in relationships? Is there a, something competitive about women and men in their relationships? And and, and there is, you know. Uh, men often complain she's overreacting, and women complain he doesn't listen. Hmm? That's what women say. But don't you think? Uh, you know, some sisters would say, you know, men should be they they should be more they should be more loving they should be more 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 giving more sensitive. Y'all know that the brothers are not going for that. I mean, I was probably just overreacting. I mean, it happens. <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe she's overreacting. But then you know, sometimes men they they don't. Sometimes men they don't listen. Sometimes we 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 go off with you know when our women are trying to talk we. Uh, busy, attentive, doing other things and not paying attention as we should, correct? All right? That's, that happens. But we have to remember our differences. As uh, John Gray said in, uh, what's the book? Women are from uh, Crazyville. I mean, women are from uh, Venus. Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. He said, remembering our differences without the awareness that we're supposed to be different, men and women are at odds with each other. Huh? That's what we're talking about tonight. We usually become angry or frustrated with opposite sex because we have forgotten this important truth. We expect the opposite sex to be more like ourselves. We desire them to want what we want and feel the way we feel. And that's that's right there is a there's a physiological difference, but then there's also a psychological difference. Uh, there's a uh, of course there's a genetic the genetic we're genetically uh, different, but then the, we're environment we're environmentally different too. You got to look at how we approach life. Little boys, little girls, are, well at one time little girls were given houses and dolls and said here play with this and little boys will sit outside with sticks and cars and action figures and say play with that so there's a, a upbringing that has a different t- you know different curve to it you know things are different now you know people they go about it a little different now you know but anyway I won't get into that you know you know uh, Laura Park, a social psychologist at the University of Buffalo, and her colleagues, they studied the reactions of men to women, and they experienced that as uh, smarter men, men who uh, dealt with women who were smarter than them, they found it interesting in separate studies, they found that men were attracted to women who were smarter than them at a distance. <laughs> yeah, 
they they worshiped them from afar, you know. But uh, they found them less attractive, both physically and emotionally, when they came into close contact. Let, let me I'm gonna reiterate that and say it again. Um, when men they found smarter women, that they, they found them attractive from a distance. But when they was up close and personal with them, they found them both physically and emotionally less attractive. See, according to these type studies, men seem to be attracted by women. They seem to be attracted to women who they think are smarter or more competent um, at anything intellectual than them, but only from far away. <laughs> that means I don't want to be around you. And they'd rather be up close and personal as it appears to women who are not as smart. Hmm. I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you uh digest that for a minute. So if you are smart according to these studies, if you're a smart intellectual woman, they like you, they admire you, they they uh, are very attracted to you, but keep your distance. But if you are a bimbo with nothing in your head, then hey <laughs> I want you close to me. That, that doesn't, that don't float my boat. I, I think, I, I like intelligent women. I like smart women. Something in their, some women with something in their head more than just going to bed. You got to have, and, and women feel the same way. Uh, they want a man who has something in his head with dreams and goals. You know, and I know I ain't saying she a gold digger, but some, you know, there's some women that, you gotta have some stacks on stacks, you know. So, as one as one of my uh, students once said, I ain't looking for no, I ain't looking for nobody on to come up. I want somebody already up. But then, hey, that's how people, that's how some women see it. They want men who are already up. But then you got you got men who don't really know what they want. They're looking here, they're looking there, and because of uh, some of the things that they went through, both men and women, they're rejecting great things that are right in front of them. Okay, I'm meddling now. Let me let me move on. I know I'm preaching the truth, but I'm, I'm meddling. I'm meddling a little bit because, see, I want to I want to answer. Uh, you need somebody to answer questions about the truth. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. No, you better be able to handle the truth. <laughs> Listen, let me tell you some truths um, about women. Let me tell you something about men. Uh, some men are very intimidated when you're more successful than he is. Mm, mm, mm. I, I need to just, I need to just stop there and let that marinate, marinate. Make some people want to say, you know. Okay, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We ain't gonna say that on the air. Want me to say it again? Well, when you hear when a man hear that a woman is more successful than he is, it makes him want. And then, you know, just like that, you got it. Yeah. See, if you out there crushing it professionally, it, it might soon become clear that to the man that uh, you're more successful than he is. And then he becomes intimidated. He uh, begins to look at you as his competition. And, you know, it's happened to me before in different walks in life when everything was going good. But then, you know, I started looking like the competition rather than the compliment complimentary or the com- the compliment, you know what I'm saying. Uh, and there are some husband and wife who are in ministry. He's anointed, she's anointed, and they're trying to see who got the greatest anointing. 
you know, <laughs> he trying to preach, she trying to preach, and it's like rather than coming together and complimenting one another, they're clashing. They're clashing against one another. And that's never good in a relationship, in ministry, in a business. We're trying to work together. But if you come across a woman who's more successful than you are, let me tell you something, brother. Don't you be intimidated. Why? Okay, she got cars. She got fancy cars. You got a hoot. She making three figures. You making (laughs) one figure. (laughs) I'm sorry, brother. I ain't laughing. I'm just saying. (laughs) I mean, three figures to one figure is a large gap. So we're going to give you two figures. She making three figures. You making at least two figures. Okay, all right. I ain't going to put you that low. You got to understand, there's something that you bring to the table that she does not. What's that? You're a man. You are a man. And any woman, I don't care how much money she make at some point, loves a strong man. Uh-oh, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing too hard. If you are a strong man and you encounter a successful woman, yeah, she had to kick some butt to get to the top. She had to knock some people over. She had to elbow and scrap her way up. But guess what? She she wants somebody to share it with. She wants somebody that believes in her and supports what she's doing emotionally. Oh, back to the E word, emotionally. Let me get out of that one before I get in trouble. <laughs> the phone, the phone, the phone, uh, the phone lights start, the phone ringing and lighting up. Here we go. Uh, if a man is insecure, wow. You're talking about other sexes. If he's ins- insecure, then guess what? You are very intimidating to him. He, you know, if if he's insecure, his mama don't told him he ain't going to be nothing. His daddy don't told him. Everybody don't told him he ain't going to be nothing. He's been pushed to the back, marginalized, stigmatized, made to feel less than, always trying to come up but never getting there. Yeah, he's insecure about himself. His hands are too little. His shoes is too little. Uh, nothing looks right. Everybody comparing himself with everybody. Oh, them insecure people. Oh, my goodness. What you going to do with them? Help them. Get them some, get them something. If you're insecure, that means um, every you're looking at other people as being better than better than you. You know how them short guys. Not not you know not. I'm not short. I'm tall. You know, I'm a tall dude. I ain't gonna tell you how tall I am, but just just take my word. I'm tall. But when I was growing up, I I didn't hit my growth spurt quite yet. So that Napoleon complex was kicking in. You know, Napoleon was a short dude, and uh, you know because he was short. You had to walk a different way, stick your chest out. You ain't like nobody standing over you. You know, that Napoleon contact, that little Napoleon complex. The short dudes, they want to be somebody strong. So they want to challenge everybody, fight all the time. Like, well, short self. That wouldn't mean, though. You know, I'm tall now. I'm tall, so <laughs> I got a tall man complex. But anyway, people who are insecure, they have that complex about themselves. They never feel good enough. And sometimes... I can't say it's their, always their fault because they may have had a parent who put unreal expectations upon them. They may have, may have had uh, a situation in their life where everyone else, they were made to feel less than everyone else and compared to everyone else. So that complex developed within them and it became a mindset. And that type of thing has to be worked out of a person, that insecurity, you know. But if you're a man or a woman dealing with someone who's insecure and you love them, you have to just be patient with them. You really do. Uh, but if you don't, if, if you don't have that kind of time, then hey, 
You steer clear, but if you love them and you care about them, then you walk with them and you work with them. And you have to not necessarily stroke their ego, but you have to reassure them and reaffirm them, hey, you're good enough. God made you that way. Stop comparing yourself with other people. There's no one like you. And it's just a matter of deprogramming or renewing the mind from all the things that they've heard about how they've had to compete. One of my power keys is don't compete, create. If you can create, you ain't got to compete with everybody else. What I mean, if you if everybody else is going for one thing, then you create something else so that you don't be in competition. You're doing what no one else is doing. If you're doing what everyone if you're doing what everyone else is doing, then guess what? Do it because you want to. Don't do it because you're in a rat race. You're trying to be a part of it. But if you create and become a trendsetter or a standard bearer, now everyone is looking to you because they want to do what you're doing. Come on now. Listen, we're going to go to our last and final break. And when we come back, we're going to close this thing out. Y'all hang on. Thank you for being here with me tonight. Strength from the Lions Den, Battle of the Sexes, Apostle John L. Solomon. Be right back. Have you priced commercials lately? Advertising can truly break your budget. At Win, we eliminate the most common hurdle to advertising. Advertise with WIN to reach potential customers locally, nationally, and internationally for as low as $150. Yes, that's right, $150 per commercial. We Inspire Network Radio is a new and rapidly growing online radio network that boasts of dynamic seasoned show hosts who are drawing audiences from across the nation and abroad. Africa, Australia, Scotland, Canada, just to name a few. We also have the technical capabilities to advertise your products and services through sound bites, slideshows, and more. No long-term contracts. You pay per show. Advertise on WIN, and you are sure to be a winner. For more information, call us, 201-477-0469. Email Annie Bell at wealthmanagement-fs.org. All right, we are back. I'm Apostle John L. Solomon, your lion among lions. My God, we're excited about all God is doing at We Inspire Network Radio. Shout out to the C. E.O. Lloyd Bell, Lloyd B.J. Bell, and to the C.O.O. Annie Bell. My God, that's, some good, that's a good brother and a good sister. Um, B.J. just put out his new book, Parents of Addiction. You better get it, man. You better get it. from. Uh, it's on sale right now. Uh, you, I'll tell you where you can get it at later. But right now, just want you to know, look up Parents of Addiction, Lloyd Bell. It's available at Amazon.com. Come, my God. Go ahead, man. Wait, we, that boy that boy is getting it. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to put out another book, too. I'm, I'm working on it. Hey, so as we're fit, wrapping up tonight, we're talking about Battle of the Sexes. Why are we competing? My goodness, why are we competing with one another when we need each other so much in order to make this thing happen? Now, we was talking about competition in relationships. We said, uh, you know, if a woman is more successful than a man, normally he's intimidated. If he's insecure, you know, then he's intimidated, and that, that's cause for competition. But what about the woman? What about if you are unapproachable? 
What if you unapproachable? You know, I'm just saying. What what if you are unapproachable? You know, he what, what's that song? Can't get next to you. <laughs> Can't get next to you, baby. Want to talk to you, but you know what's the problem? Oh my life, I had to fight. I, I I know, I understand, I know, but I'm trying to say why are you still. I mean, but you, why are you so unapproachable? That's what I'm trying to figure out because there are men that like you, they want to talk to you, but what's the problem? Oh my life, I had to fight. Okay, you're just gonna you're gonna stick with that. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we're gonna let you have that all your life. Listen, you have to look at your inward and say, what is it that I've been through that I'm holding on to that's making me unapproachable? You know, I used to wear a frown on my face. I did because I used to call it my gang face. You know, come on, bees up. I used to call it my gang face that keep people from coming towards me, from coming at me. You know, I was out in California. I used to have my, uh, I used to frown, with that frown, that's my gang face. Then I got to North Carolina. Then I was up in VA. When I first got to VA, I used to have that gang, that color my gang face. That way people don't walk up to me. But can I tell you, even when I had my gang face on one day, this brother walked up to me and said, my man, you need to, do you know Jesus Christ? I'm like, how is he approaching me? With my gang face on He don't see this frown on my face That's one thing about the power of the Lord He can go through your little shields And your little defenses And that outward exterior That seems hard and tough And get to that tender part of your life That's why I always say Jesus can go in you where no man Woman can go So back to be, back to uh, the, the woman Back to you being Unapproachable. Did I ask you why you were unapproachable and you said? Oh my life, I had to fight. Oh, okay, okay. I, I got, it, I got, it, I got it. But see, it might be that internal magnet. Sometimes it's time to stop fighting, stop fighting, and start healing. Now, Bob said, "There's a time for everything. There's a time to put them hands up and throw." I'm gonna tell you, just like I, hey, hey, it's a time to turn the other cheek. Yes, it is. And there's a time to kick the cheek. <laughs> okay, but the Bible says it's a time for everything. So it's a time to fight, and there's a time not to fight, and there's a time to heal. And a lot of people they're out here fighting when they should be healing. They should be getting their wounds mended. They should be getting their broken heart mended. So you're being unapproachable, but your healing, your healing is trying to get near to you, but you're sending sending off signals that saying, "Don't come near to me. Don't get close to me." Everyone is not as bold as the young man who approached me talking about the Lord. Some people will go the other way and leave you in your condition and your state. So maybe we need to open up uh, that armor a little bit, pull that wall down a few bricks so that the people who need to get in can get into you. And and then the last, how about this? You're opinionated. huh? You got a strong opinion. Well, your opinion is like a lion's roar, you know? Opinion is roar. Hey, but that's okay. I'm not mad at an opinionated person. I think we all have a say-so. I think we all have something to say. Like um, in, in in school, in psychology class, we talked about the uh, the people who were stranded on an island. And, you know, they were asking everyone a question about this and this, and some people weren't saying anything, but you have to know 
you have something to bring to the table because everyone has a different reference point. We didn't come from the same place, so I didn't walk from where you came from. You may have saw something or learned something along the way that no one else did that you may have to contribute to the group. So, you know, be be opinionated, but understand that everybody, uh, an opinion is like, I can't remember what they say, but uh, an opinion is like a, uh, what is it? What did they say? You, you know, an opinion is like a, uh, you know, every, everybody, everybody has one. So, but it's okay. It's your opinion. Understand that your opinion may not be the fact. It may just be your personal reference with it. Not the entirety of the totality of everyone else, but just your personal opinion. And, and understand your personal opinion may have some weight with you. But it may not work over in Nigeria. Your personal opinion may be true in, say, on the block, but it may not work on Wall Street. Then again, it may work on Wall Street. So don't don't eliminate your opinion or even your style of doing something. But just understand it's just that an opinion that could be wrong or could be balanced off by someone else's personal experience. All right. And then, then the last one in the battle of the sexes before I go is that, say, uh, if you are a, um, a strong woman, he, he probably admires you. In a relationship, he admires you, you know? Don't, don't, be so, don't be so hard on yourself and so tight and rigid thinking that, okay, you, you're smart, you're powerful. We need smart, powerful, hardworking, successful women. Then our men will rise up. And you know what they'll say? Girl, you know I I, I love you (laughs) No matter what you do Ah, come on now That's it, he admires you And he loves you and he wants you to be successful So, don't, don't, don't become, uh don't downplay your success. Don't downplay your strengths. You keep getting it, keep crushing it. And the same for uh, same for men, but there's a difference. We see strong, powerful men. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. But strong, powerful men, they're more at risk of being hated on or having jealousy from other men, you know. And vice versa, probably when it and vice versa when it comes to women. But nevertheless. Women are looked to being in a subordinate role when it comes to men, and that's not always the case in the marketplace and in relationships. So if your woman is strong and successful, encourage her to be strong and successful. Because you got to understand, when she looks good, you look good. Now, unless she want to take the torch and run without you, then hey, let her go, let her go, let her go. What 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 line says? Sail on. Uh oh, you're gonna make me pull out my, my wax, my Commodores. But anyway, back to what I was talking about as I close the battle of the sexes. Why are we competing? Let, let's stop competing with one another and start helping one another. Now, I'm not against healthy competition. I'm not, don't get me wrong now, I, I can roll with the best of them. I am not against a little opposition, you know, getting my juices flowing and getting me going. But at the same time, let's not be competing against each other when we need each other to build that project, when we need each other to build that ministry. 
when we need each other to build that business, when we need each other to build that family, we need each other to better that marriage. We're competing at the wrong times. Let's stop competing when the stakes are highest. Let's compete when there's low stakes. Stakes. Let's compete when there's nothing really on the line, maybe a little bragging rights. But when it's time to build something, when it's time to create something, to make something that's going to affect generation after generation after generation, and that may be impactful in another person's life, let's stop competing and get together on one accord. And as the Bible said, now there will be nothing impossible to them because they are on one accord and they speak the same language. We can do that for one another. When we come together, when we believe in each other, when we play to each other's strengths, when your strengths cover my weaknesses and my weaknesses cover your strengths. And like and like uh, one mother said, one church mother said, not one of us is greater than all of us together. And there's nothing that we can't do together when we believe in one another and come on one accord. The battle of the sexes is something that should not be unless it's something on the playground, unless it's something on the ball field. But in life, there should be no battle of the sexes. Who's the best? We're building something. We're making something. We're creating something. We need to come together, hand in hand, side by side, and build this thing together. I need you. You need me. We need each other. Galatians 3.28 says there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. In the world, you will have divisions. In the world, you will have divisive language or rhetoric to keep us apart. But Jesus is saying, in me, you are one, and submit ye one to another. So let's stop battling against each other and pulling each other apart. Let's start picking each other up and pulling each other together. All right, let's hear it for tonight. Thank you so much for being with me tonight. We've had a right. Hey girl, uh before we go, uh girl, you all right? Um anything you wanna say before we go? Oh my life I had to fight. Okay, you still there. You still there after the show. That's okay. We we we're gonna come up and keep on going. Listen, I thank y'all for being here with me tonight. Strength from the lions, then Apostles John L. Solomon, your lion among lions in the lion's den. I want you to tune in next week when I'm going to be talking to some panelists that I'm bringing in. Oh, my God. I'm going to bring in my brothers and a young lady, and we're going to do it up, talking about the game changes. All right? Y'all stay tuned. I'll see you next week, and have a wonderful evening. God bless you.
Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows more isn't always better. Unless we're talking about full-size vans. These beasts do more than get you from A to B. They have so much space a man can live in it. With shag carpeting, waterbed, and a sweet lava lamp, these mobile abodes have all the comforts of home. With quality parts and plenty of Napa know-how, you can keep the original tiny house running longer, stronger. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.